Canto 11, Chapter 1, The Curse Upon the Yadu Dynasty. So we're up to text uh, number 4 this morning. Na eva anyataha paribhavaha Asya Bhavet Katanchit Matsam Shwayasya Vibhava Unnahanasya Nityam Antaha Kalim Yadukulasya Vidhaya Vrnustambasya Dhanim Iva Shantim Upaimi Dhamma Naivanyata Pari Naivanyata Pari Bhavasya Bhavetkatanchin Matsam Swayasya Bivavon and Hayat Nasya Nityam Matsam Swayasya Bivavon Sambasya vannimiva shantim upai midhama Naivanyata paribhavasya bhavet katanchin Matsam shayasya vibhavonahanasya nityam Antakalimya dukulasya vidhaya venu Stambasya vannimiva shantim upai midhama Naivanyata paribhavasya bhavetkatanchin Matsam Sayasya Vibhavana Bhavana Excuse me. Matsam Sayasya Vibhavana Hananasya Nityam. Antakalimya Dukulasya Vidaya Venu. Antakalimya Dukulasya Vidaya Venu. 
Stambasya Vanyamya Vashanti Mupaili Dhamma By any means, Matsamsrayasya, which has fully taken shelter of me, Vibhava, with its power, Unahanasya, unrestricted, Nityam, always, Antaha, within, Kalim, a quarrel, 
Yadukulasya the Yadu dynasty Vidaya inspiring Venus Dambasya of a clump of bamboo plants Vanim a fire Iva as Shantim peace by me I shall achieve Dham my eternal personal abode the translation Lord Krishna thought no outside force could ever bring about the defeat of this family the Yadu dynasty whose members have always been fully surrendered to me and are unrestricted in their opulence. But if I inspire a quarrel within the dynasty, that quarrel will act just like a fire created from the friction of bamboo in a grove, and then I shall achieve my real purpose and return to my eternal abode. Report. Even though Lord Krishna wanted to arrange for the disappearance of the members of the Yadu dynasty, he could not personally kill them as he had killed many demons because the Yadu dynasty was his own family. <laughs> That is an impediment, isn't it? <laughs> One might ask why Krishna did not arrange for them to be killed by others. Therefore, it is stated in this verse, Naivanyata paribhavosya bhavet katanchit Because the Yadu dynasty was the Lord's own family, no one within the universe was capable of killing them not even the demigods. In fact, Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur points out that no one within the universe was capable of even insulting the members of the Yadu dynasty or to speak of defeating or killing them. The reason is given, the reason is given here by the words Mat Samsrayasya the members of the Yadu dynasty had fully taken shelter of Krishna and therefore they were always under the personal, personal protection of the Lord. It is stated, Mare Krishna Rake Ke, Rake Krishna Mare Ke. If Krishna protects someone, no one can kill him. And if Krishna wants to kill someone, no one can save him. Krishna had originally requested all of his associates, along with the demigods, to appear on earth to assist him in his pastimes. Now that his pastimes were coming to an end on this particular planet and would be transferred to another planet in another universe, Krishna wanted to remove all of his associates from the earth so that in his absence they would not constitute a burden. 
Since the powerful Yadu dynasty, being the Lord's personal family and armor, excuse me, an army, could not possibly be defeated by anyone, Krishna arranged an internal quarrel, just as the wind in a bamboo forest sometimes rubs the bamboos together and creates a fire that consumes the entire forest. Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati has pointed out that ordinary people hearing of the adventures of the Yadu family might think that the heroes of the Yadu dynasty are as worshipable as Krishna or that they are independent controllers. In other words, people polluted by Mayavada philosophy might see the Yadu dynasty as being on the same level as Krishna. Therefore, to establish that even the most powerful living entity can never equal or surpass the Supreme Lord, Krishna arranged for the destruction of the Yadu dynasty. Ma Om Vishnu Padaya Krishna Pristaya Bhutale Shimati Bhaktivedanta Swaminiti Namane Namaste Sarasate Deve Gaudavadi Pacharane Nivishesha Sunyavadi Paschachade Satarane Oma Gyana Timbaranda Syagananjana Shalakaya Chaksuri Miritum Jainam Tasmai Sri Gurave Namaha Vanchakalpa Trubyas Chakrapa Sindhu Vyeva Chapatitanam Pavali Vyeva Ishnavi Vyodamo Namaha Naivanyata Paribhavosya Bhavet Katachin Matsam Swayasya Vibhavam Nahanasya Vityam Antakalimya Dukulasya Vidaya Venu Stambhasya Varnami Vashantim Upayantama the Lord Krishna thought, no outside force could ever bring about the defeat of this family, the Yadu dynasty, whose members have always been fully surrendered to me and are unrestricted in their opulence. But if I inspire a quarrel within the dynasty, the quarrel will act just like a fire created from the friction of bamboo in a grove. And then I shall achieve my real purpose and return to my eternal abode. This is his uh, deliberation. Uh, the thoughts of Krishna are given here. Uh, uh, when he had descended, uh, he brought with him uh, all his associates. Um, Krishna, as a person, Supreme person is also supremely social. <laughs> That's why the Sankirtan movement is a social movement. Sankirtan means you do it together. Uh, the word san, the, the prefix san, has uh, two meanings actually. One means together, uh, uh, things collected together, san, and also something that's done completely or perfectly also some has the same the same notion both of them are apply in our case with San Kirtan uh, if you're going to hear and chant about the Lord there has to be somebody else some dialogue some conversation some uh, if that's the process for the age then it's generally not for loners which is his good side and his bad side <laughs> but anyway so. 
Sometimes you just want to be by yourself. But anyway, <laughs> so so when Krishna comes, that you know he when in, in Vaikuntha in, in Krishna Loka, he's always surrounded by devotees, and in those social relations, then his personality becomes manifest. That to be a person means to be in relationship with other people. It's a, a sort of an inherently social term as we under, as, as, as we experience it. And Prabhupada described us as small samples of Krishna, so we have society here um, because uh, uh, it's there. Uh, and that's why, why the impersonal philosophy, well, it's so impersonal, it doesn't fit with Krishna. Supremely personal. Uh, uh, so, uh, so Krishna comes with his entourage, and big numbers. He really works in big numbers. If you don't think Krishna works in big numbers, look at the grass outside. <laughs> look at the number of living entities. You know, just just in a one square inch of space uh, in this planet. And this is not the real place, so he works in very big numbers. Therefore, we should not be so astonished by the big numbers here. It's mentioned in the, at the end of the previous canto that King Zena's personal attendance was 30 million. How did they fit in Dwarka, you wonder? <laughs> how he, he did that, but uh, again, he's Krishna, he knows how to uh, do these things. There are huge numbers, some gigantic. Prabhupada said that in previous years, the population of the earth was much, much bigger than it is now, which was a little astonishing to us, because we think that's the problem of overpopulation. And he, but he pointed out that the earth can uh, support many, many more living entities than it does now, but it, it's, then he described the difference between the, the uh, when there's a burden of love, you can bear it. Like like a mother can pick up a heavy child because love, well, otherwise mad, she might not even be able to lift. There's even a story about one mother who's uh, something happened to the brake of the car in the driveway and it was rolling over her child and she actually picked up the car. I mean, she had some spinal fractures in the process, but she did it. <laughs> so that the burden of love, you can do if, you know, you can do a lot more than if it's you know, somebody you don't like uh, that capacity. So the earth can actually support many, many more uh, people. So uh, these big numbers are not some kind of pious exaggerations. If it were a pious exaggeration, you'd want to be more believable. Uh, so it's uh, it's uh, we have to take them seriously. So the Yadu is not only big in numbers, but they're also extremely the, uh, the Yadu dynasty big in numbers, but extremely powerful. And so he's thinking he, these are his considerations. Now, what am I'm going? I'm going to leave uh, for my abode. That's his person, Shantim Pai Mihama. Uh, so what am I going to do uh, with, uh, with with uh, with my uh, my dynasty? Uh, and 
so this is uh, this is his uh, uh, because uh, they they also can, will constitute a burden on the earth uh, 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 because of their of their power and and uh, and uh, and of course another consideration is if Krishna is going to go they don't want to be around anyway that would that would also be another thing. So who can kill them? How do I get rid of them? There's no outside force powerful enough uh, to do that. I can't do it myself. I do that to the demons, but but uh, but these are my own family. That would not be appropriate uh, 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 to do that. Uh, uh, so he said, then he says, okay, I'll just start this quarrel within the Yadu dynasty. And he uses the example of, uh, uh, I guess the term of art is spontaneous combustion. Uh, this is how far, here they use the example of bamboo fires. If, there's, if you've ever seen bamboo growth, the bamboo stalks are, are quite, quite uh, close together. And then if there's a wind, they're rubbing against each other so that that would be a cause of, uh, of fire. Uh, uh, just that friction between the friction, friction creates heat and then we should combust, especially if it's very dry. Uh, uh, and then, then uh, uh, so that's the example that's, uh, that's given here of this uh, Venu Stamba, the uh, clump of, uh, notice the word Venu for flute, it basically means bamboo, <laughs> a hollow tube. Uh, uh, so uh, that's what Krishna's flutes were made out of. Many of them are Vedu. Uh, uh, so uh, this is the way I should do it. I shall I shall start this quarrel, and uh, uh, that will be uh, described toward the end of this canto, uh, because most of this canto is the Uddhava Gita. Uh, before he leaves, Krishna gives final instructions uh, to Uddhava, his very intelligent disciple, uh, uh, well, uh, devotee who was a disciple of Brihaspati. So he was like noted for his. He had sent Uddhava to to Vrindavan just to check out uh, the the, uh, the gopis in their mood of separation, so he could get instructions about just how deep. Uh, feelings uh, uh, in bhakti can can go. He should see these. You know, it's good for his education that he sees these gopis uh, uh, doing this. So this is this is how before he goes is one of the concluding things. There's something about this canto that's always a little. I don't know. Uh, well, you start to feel separation already from Krishna as you see him going through all these things. And this big discussion before he leaves, and uh, and and, uh, and uh, all that 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 kind of stuff um, uh, for his uh, leave taking. Um, but we we've actually uh, uh, this has already been mentioned in the first canto that this is this is going to uh, uh, going to take place. Um, uh, uh, so. 
Um, so that's his uh, that that's his ar- arrangement. Uh, uh, by the way, it mentions here uh, that that the um, he uses this word paribhavaha. They cannot be defeated by any other cause. They, they, here it's translated as defeat, but they, they uh, Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur gives another uh, uh, definition of the word uh, Paribhava, which means humiliate. Uh, and uh, uh, this, is, this is his, his commentary, shorter. He says, uh, should they should relieving the earth of this burden be undertaken by someone else the answer is given so this is his Krishna's deliberation they cannot even be censured by anyone else this is how he takes this Paribhava what to speak of being killed so Paribhava has different intensities uh, they have taken shelter of me and have unrestricted power. Arranging uh, for them to go to Kabasa and, ha- and having them quarrel, I will arrange for their destruction. And he, this word shantim is quoted here, uh, uh, which means to find peace, and then attain Vaikuntha. I will go to Vaikuntha in my portion as my form as Narayana, which merged into Krishna when he appeared on earth. It says that when Krishna appears, all the other avatars merged into him. And so remember that Krishna at Dwarka is Vasudeva Krishna. He's in opulence. So this is his, his feature there. Uh, and then Vrindavan Krishna. Think, think of two knobs. This is what I think of anyway. There's the opulence uh, knob, you know, and, and there's the sweetness now, Aishvarya and Madhurya. These are the two terms, right? So when Krishna, when Krishna is in Dwarka, the opulence is turned way up, and the sweetness is kind of down a little bit, you know. But when he goes to Vrindavan, the sweetness is turned way up, and the opulence is there, but it's disguised. Always like the, the first verse of, of the Brahma Samhita, where it describes where it describes uh, uh, how does how do you go now? Govinda, huh? Hmm? No, 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 no. Chintamani prakarasat. Thank you. Chintamani prakarasat masu kalpavikshalakshavite su sura bira pipaliyantam. So, so it's describing. Uh, uh, this village uh, and of course like a village their houses are made of, of uh, the rocks that you find around you know? but each of those rocks is Chintamani you're looking at a, a, a village and there's woods all around it's, the, it's, it's basically the jungle with some clearings you know, for herding the cows and grazing the cows uh, well, uh, those trees, each of those trees is a kalpa riksha. 
One shintamana you've got it made. Here they're strewn about like, like field stones. But it looks like a little village, but actually each of those stones, each of those trees is a kalpavriksha. Each of those cows is a surabi. The Bhagavatam describes a big war over one surabi cow because they give you everything you want. And each of those, those barefoot village girls, uh, and you notice how they, people are decorated with, 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 with colored earth from the ground and bird feathers and, and <laughs> forest flowers, you know. I mean, like, where's all the jewelry? <laughs> so each, 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 each one of these barefoot milkmaids, you know, basically spend their time milking cows and stuff like that. Each one of them is Lakshmi Devi. So the, the, it's there, but it's, it's, uh, there's something else above it, which you may think is not very impressive, but is actually it's that sweetness. Uh, when you see Krishna with, with, with all his opulence, then you keep you, know, you you back up, you go like this, you're overwhelmed, you know you you you. You, you, you realize you know, the huge difference in power between Krishna and myself, the Lord and myself. And, and, and so you feel small, he's great, you appreciate the difference, and that's all true about God. So that's why he performs his Vrindavan power, that's why it's greater. This will not be appreciated by everybody. This Prabhupada says about the word confidential, not everyone would be able to appreciate it. Uh, uh, it, it it's a secret, but it's an open secret for those who want access, especially because of Lord Chaitanya. We, we, can, we can know about it. Otherwise, it's confidential. Because then you'll start, you'll start to think that the devotees are equal to or even greater than 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 Krishna uh, sometimes. Uh, always the temptation, as it's even mentioned here in this purport by Bhaktisiddhanta, to Mayavad philosophy, uh, where, where it looks like the devotees are equal to Krishna. Well, actually we're all God. Uh, or the Yadus, yeah, they are also uh, like him. Uh, and, and, that after Lord Chaitanya, that had also sprung up about Lord Chaitanya, uh, and uh, and so uh, 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 that uh, impersonalism uh, is uh, is very interesting. Like the impersonalists, they say, "Yeah, uh, I am actually God." So they walk around here like big deals, but their idea of being God is they're obliterated. They become one, their individuality dissolves, and they become the logical equivalent of nothing. But it's a nothing, and you see this in their literature, nothing with a capital N. Not a small, the big nothing, <laughs> rather than the little nothing. Down here they're the big nothing, and they're, anyway. So that, that's another reason Bhaktisiddhanta mentions, uh, where uh, you know, one idea of, of, of Krishna Bhakti 
as yeah, you practice Krishna bhakti until you 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 make advancement, and then at the end you whip off the disguise, and now I'm God. Uh, that's what they uh, they teach like that. Believe me, it's going goes on. Uh, so that was another reason that they wouldn't be around to ever get the idea that. So, but anyway, he's going. They want, they want to go with him now. It looks. That's pretty heavy, you know, a big battle where they fight each other. It doesn't doesn't look so good, and and uh, you're basically it's it's a holocaust, you know, it's like a like a big fire. That's what a holocaust is: is a huge blazing fire like that. And that that, is, that, that uh, uh, actually a holocaust. The word holocaust means a sacrificial fire. Actually. That's what that's what it that's that's the root the root of the of the word. Uh, uh, so he created this so that they could go back. So from our point of view, it looks pretty terrible. Uh, from their point of view, it's great. I, I mean, one, one thing you can see from from uh, uh, reading uh, literature of Krishna consciousness and then becoming Krishna conscious yourself to whatever degree we manage, is that um, uh, we uh, are very attached to our bodies, uh, having misidentified them with ourselves. Uh, and, uh, but uh, Krishna knows that we can live without them. We, we, we will think the loss of this particular body is like, oh, terrible, the worst thing. You know, the next big thing, death, you know, the big D. Oh, that's just like the disaster that everyone has to face at the end where you lose everything, you know. Uh, uh, because one identifies with the body. Uh, uh, so we, that, but that's all, Krishna does not share our illusion. He knows that we, we're better off without it, actually. <laughs> we can be in a bit, much better shape. And, 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 and so, uh, and so his, his, uh, uh, he may do things like this that from our point of view looks a little bit heavy, but from the transcendent point of view, there's no big deal. And, and, uh, and uh, uh, one of the, so actually what we do as if we advance in Krishna consciousness, we begin to see from the spiritual point of view. And we begin to, to, to realize, have experienced knowledge of my identity as a spiritual being. Uh, and uh, we, we uh, uh, yeah, we, we don't look at it as like not a big deal. It's not, it's not, I can, I can live without the body, I'm better off without it. Especially as you get older, it just becomes more and more of a hassle anyway. Uh, and, and so, uh, you're very happy. Uh, we, we may look at the process of Krishna consciousness in a way uh, uh, of, of getting death over with. Because when people who are not devotees look at us, they can't understand. Well, oh, look what you do! You give up everything, and and you 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 surrender to Krishna. 
uh, that's your thing and, and you don't have anything, you know, you don't, don't have any possessions, you do without all the things that we think are necessary, as much as possible we try to do that. Uh, and, and of course, <clears throat> I've had experience at a Sunday feast or something saying the Premadwani prayers and the devotees are all, you know, bowing down. And I can see in the back some people who are visiting the temple for maybe the first time, Western people, they look at the devotees and they're like, wow! I mean that, you know, at the most they do in the Catholic Church is genuflect on one knee, uh, usually. And, and here we like, you know, dundabats, you know, we like fall flat out completely. Uh, 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 they, 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 and you can see the expression, I'll never do something like that. You'll never catch me bowing down like that. You can just see the, the face, they're kind of repelled by that, that kind of submission. But of course, you know, at the time of death, it's done to you know, And no one has choice. Because if we're constitutionally, we have to surrender to Krishna, they do it. Every single living entity, his, its, his, her, its submission to the Lord happens at the time of death. That's where, when we find out that we are not the controllers, that there's some bigger power than us, an irresistible power. And of course, they're all trying to conquer death, right? I mean, everybody thinks that medical prop progress will take us, will conquer death very soon, and it won't be a problem for us. I once even had a, a young lady, a college student, said that she didn't think she was going to die. And she said, well, I think when I get old enough for it to be a problem, they will have solved it. Uh, so that's the idea. We, we, we're going to conquer death. Of course, you know, people have begun to discover that a huge number of our diseases are, are the technical term is iatrogenetic. Iatros is the Greek word for physician. <laughs> They're caused by the cure. <laughs> iatrogenetic diseases. And so many of the things that we've done to, 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 to improve our situation turns out to be a disaster, uh, as we are seeing by climate change coming up and, uh, and uh, what's going to happen to you know, California and the other deserts now that the water is going to run out and we've been living on the aquifers that won't refill and all that stuff. You know. So. We have our ideas of when we try to replace God and be the controllers and enjoyers ourselves, what really happens. And, and you know, the medical thing is there. So, so for the devotee, we, we acknowledge that Krishna is all-powerful. Everything belongs to Him. I give it all up. So we get, we, whatever, you know, our attachment to our body, we in effect have gotten it all over again. I've uh, gotten the death all over. It's finished. Well, this is the nice way of surrendering to Krishna. And, and, and we, we enter into this relationship with Krishna in which I realize that, you know, this doesn't, all this is what's happening in the body, I can live without it. I don't need it. There's other ways to keep on serving Krishna. And, and that relationship keeps on going. 
I read, once read a definition of death in an astrology book of all things. It said, death is the ultimate failure to perpetuate relationships. A very good definition. And so, our relationships go on. Our relationship with Krishna goes on. Prabhupada said there's another Iskon in the spiritual sky. Our relationship with devotees go on. There won't be a GBC, I don't think, but... <laughs> the devotees will uh, be there uh, uh, in the all-improved state. and uh, uh, So, we, we have already entered as much as we practice Krishna consciousness, we've entered already into our eternal life. And those relationships will go on. So we don't have to worry about these, these yadus uh, or any of Krishna's associations. It may look from the outside, that's a very heavy thing to do to these people that were your close <laughs> allies. But Krishna understands, and they understand, that this is just our way of going. Uh, to stay with Krishna. Okay, any questions or comments? Anything else? Um, what we can do is, you know, right after the vengeance prayers, we can have questions or answer session for 15, 20 minutes. Well, I'll stay if you want. We have time now, or no? This is almost over, huh? Yeah. It's such a short class, you know. Anyway, <laughs> well, she, she, why don't you give it to her? Do we? I don't know if this came up for anyone else, but for me, I, the first thing I thought when I heard this was, well, Krishna asked Arjuna to kill his relatives. I don't know if anyone else thought that. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah, he does. Yeah, they, yeah that's a very interesting point. Do you have time to discuss Yeah, I'll stay, I'll stay after. Maybe Okay. Shri Prabhupada ki jai, Shri Bhagavatam ki jai. Questions? Yeah, you, well, you, you had mentioned that, yeah, the Battle of Kurukshetra. Um, let me just point out to you also that, for example, Maharaj Prikshit, what is he waiting for? Death, right? He's hearing Bhagavatam, you know, because death is coming. That's what he decided to do. Uh, uh, There's one academic, Rick Giroux, I think he was a devotee and then became an academic, a full-time devotee. I don't know what is, but he's written a book on the Bhagavatam called Tales for the Dying. Which, if you look at that theme throughout the whole Bhagavatam, it's there everywhere. Uh, that that that, uh, uh, um, and Prabhupada said, you know, you think, well, I'll worry about this when I get old. And then Prabhupada said, old age means just before you die. So who can say I am not old? Well, you can't. No one. No one can. So, so. Sometimes this is thought of uh, a morbid consciousness, but but uh, it's not morbid at all. Uh, it, it's just realism, and, and the fact is that that contemplating the, the the fact of death, and not just my own, but you know everything around us, everything you know, the, 
death in big numbers sometimes, uh, helps you become detached. And by becoming detached, uh, you can more and more experience spiritual reality. So it's it's a useful exercise, actually. It's very it's very it's very very helpful. It makes us not become misidentified with the material body. So it's not there's nothing morbid about it. It's salutary. It, 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 it helps us. Um, uh, um, yeah, the the, the uh, we have we have something that just really occurred to me. We, uh, at least I had an inherited way of thinking about things of different compartments and you know, especially if you've been time you know here's knowledge and there are all these people are looking for knowledge in universities and research centers and things like that and the idea is that the search for knowledge goes on and you can be in every way a thoroughly despicable and horrible person and be quite successful in the search for knowledge as they understand it. Because, you know, morality has to do with another department. Correct action. I mean, there's three departments. The thinking department, the feeling department, and the willing department. Uh, and we've got, kind of got them, you know, uh, acting or willing, that's, you know, that, that we have morality. Thinking, we have the laws of uh, thought. and. And feeling there's aesthetics and things like that and other uh, that depart- departments. But actually these are not really comp- separate spheres. Uh, all three of them are together. I mean, basically, there are three aspects of transcendence, Satchit and Ananda. Deal with those. Or, uh, you know, this is the absolute. Or Plato had the good, the true, and the beautiful all divided according to those th- what we see as three areas. So they have separated these things out from each other and made them quite, quite in the material world, uh, 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 areas that have nothing to do with each other. But that's a mistake. Uh, and our regulative principles uh, that, that we follow are not simply principles of correct action. Because people think of them, oh yeah, these things are you have to do. If you don't do it, it's a sin. God will punish you. End of the story. That's what it's about. No, it's about that they are the principles of knowledge. They're, they're not just for this realm of morality. They're there by which transcendental knowledge becomes possible. And that's why these people who are all busy, you know, eating meat, having illicit sex, you know, whatever, uh, uh, taking intoxicants, all these people are made stupid. Even though they may have big degrees and in many other ways have quite a well-working, adept mind, they are stupefied by, by this, uh, these breaking these regular principles. And, and therefore, what we have... Or, or, or what we have in our books, like the Bhagavad Gita, that, oh, that's revelation. And revelation is special knowledge, not accessible to other people, and therefore, you know, you, you, you put it in its own little category. It may or may not be true, because it's simply a matter of faith. In other words, you have, don't have knowledge, but you have faith. 
And again, they've separated it off like that. It's not a question. First of all, every process of knowledge begins in faith. It's not just us. Yeah, we start with faith. But you go to a university, you have faith. You're spending a lot of money on tuition or whatever. You walk in a room with some guy you've never seen before in your life, and he starts telling you about all kinds of esoteric things, and you write them all down because he's a professor so-and-so. You believe it, right? That's faith. You have faith that, uh, you know, my four years at this university are going to be worthwhile. I'll get something in. It's faith. So every process of knowledge begins in faith. But if you don't follow the process of knowledge, you know, then, then you are, oh, it doesn't work. Didn't work for me. You didn't follow so these, these, these principles of Krishna consciousness, uh, uh, like our four regular principles, it's their knowledge. And as, because knowledge depends upon goodness. Sattva. That's what we learn in the Bhagavad Gita. Krishna outlines this very carefully there in the Bhagavad Gita. It's all through the Bhagavatam. That as the modes of goodness and the modes of passion decrease and sattva increases, then you can begin to understand Bhagavad Gita and other spiritual texts. That's principle of knowledge. That's what it is. Our Prabhupada has remarked in the Bhagavad Gita that in the modern age, the standard of advancement is the standard of the mode of passion. And that's why that's what's increasing. What's the result of the mode of passion? Misery. It's right there in the same chapter. That's where we're headed. And the other thing you do when the mode of passion brings that misery, you go to the mode of ignorance for the most part. You take shelter of intoxicants and, and so on. That's why they need it. You know, so all that's increasing more and more, but uh, uh, that's, that, that's, that's where it's headed. But it's, it's simply not a faith, not, not an idea of you know, here in this department in the Hare Krishna temple or whatever, you have faith, but over here we have reason. We have knowledge. That's nonsense. Or to use their technical term, BS. Which is something sacred, by the way. <laughs> Got that wrong too. <laughs> Any other questions? <laughs> anyway, you have to read the Bhagavatam according to its own standards. It's very interesting how Prabhupada, really in the beginning of the Bhagavatam, tells, gives the instructions about how it's to be read. That one has to hear with rapt attention. To hear with rapt attention, one has to be pure in mind. To be pure in mind, you have to be pure in eating, sleeping, mating, and defending. Even the most basic biological aspects of life, of life have to be... And then you can hear Bhagavatam. And then you, one will see Krishna directly in the pages. 
Prabhupada uses the analogy, right? The, to take the medicine, you have to follow the directions on the bottle. So Prabhupada has written those directions very clearly. And anyone who becomes disappointed in Krishna consciousness, it's usually because of some reluctance or inability. That's a reluctance, really. It's not an inability. Because the ability, if you want it, the ability will be there. If one, if one just tries to make advancement in Krishna consciousness, if I want to increase my Krishna consciousness, really, the, the one thing you have to do is that has to be prioritized. That that has to be. If I want to be successful in Krishna consciousness, that has to be my main thing, and everything else that I may do, we may do other things, has to be done to support that main thing. And then I make uh, work to make advancement. Then Krishna will help. Give us all, make all kinds of arrangements for us to keep on doing that. Uh, he's, he's not in the business of stopping us. Uh, if, however, I want Krishna consciousness and something else, yeah, I want to advance in Krishna consciousness, and I also want to be rich. Two things. <laughs> Uh, that then it won't work. Then 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 uh, the, 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 then uh, I'll be uh, somewhat baffled because because what does that mean? It means I don't have faith in Krishna consciousness. Faith means uh, this is defined in the Chaitanya Charitamrita. Faith Shraddha is that firm conviction that if I attain Krishna consciousness. Sarva karma critical, then everything else will be uh, uh, performed. That everything else will follow. You have to have that, 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 that conviction. What do I do if I don't have it? One thing is associate more with people who do <laughs> uh, and pray for it. Because, in one sense, it, it is a gift. It is a gift. If I want reasons to believe and disbelieve in Krishna consciousness, well, there's a forest of them. You can look at every single person who's given, seems to have given up or seems to have failed from our little, you know, narrow perspective. Anyway, you can do so many things uh, as long if you want to. Because, because if we want to advance in Krishna consciousness, Krishna will give us all facility. The same way if we want to forget Krishna, also he gives all facility. So it's our decision. That's what the meaning of free will is. Which do I want? And if we really want Krishna, then the obstacles will, one after the other, disappear. So you can even then, you know, digest this 11th canto <laughs> and understand it. Anything else? Okay. Thank you very much. Srimad Bhagavatam Ki